Welcome to the Human Lighthouse Experience. In this week's episode of the Human Lighthouse Experience, we'll be talking about ACEs and other childhood trauma. Students who have experienced trauma bring significant challenges into the classroom and life. If you work with students in any capacity, this episode is for you. We'll be exploring the reality of this challenge, these challenges and how to mitigate their impact through a focus on personal connections, character education, building resilience, and self-regulation skills, unconditional positive regard, and non-judgmental support. As always, I'm partnered with Jim Perry here on the Human Lighthouse Experience. And Jim, is, I'm going to ask you to give a little bit of your introduction to ACEs. So I was introduced by um, you, actually, to ACEs after we started REACH in Stewartville. I, I had this idea of how I wanted to connect with students. And I, I was seeing some common themes, some common struggles. So um, Steve, you showed me the movie Paper Tigers. I took it home and I watched it. And it was actually the first time that I had heard the term adverse childhood experiences. Uh, I, I knew what they were, but I had never heard of that term before. I was introduced to Jim Spore Leader in that film and how he tried to have an impact on his students at his school in Washington State through a study of adverse childhood experiences and their response to that. Um, so really, it, it came down to a lot of research, a lot of individual research on my part, a lot of collaborating with others, uh, a lot of sharing of what we had learned through REACH. Um, and ACEs really come down to they are pro problematic and potentially traumatic events that can have negative lasting effects on the health and well-being of children. And we would normally say uh, zero to 18, but a lot of times they're saying now that there could be trauma experienced before that child is born. So before they even enter this world, if their mother or family have trauma in their lives, that that gets passed on to that child even before they enter the world. And we're also now looking at the fact that the brain isn't developed till well after 18. So there's still trauma that can happen uh, after that. But typically, you'd say that it would end at the 18 um, year mark for most students. Uh, the original questionnaire uh, was out of 10 questions. Uh, the original 10 questions are very limited. So when I say ACEs, I use that um, in lieu of any kind of childhood trauma. Childhood trauma, um, can be anything from physical and emotional abuse or neglect. It could have to do with uh, witnessing a mother treat, being treated violently. It can have to do with incarceration, mental health concerns in the family. It can have to do with uh, incarceration, substance abuse. But by definition, it can include a whole lot of other events that happen. Any event that is traumatic to that child, uh, it could include uh, long-term mental or physical health issues with both that child or a family member. It could include the death of a loved one. It can include the foster care system. Um, it could include community and environmental trauma. Any adverse experience that is out of the child's control could be considered an ACE or a trauma that, that they experience. So Jim, let me ask this question because as I've been in education, this is my 16th year in education, and I've often heard it said, this kid has just been dealt a bad hand. They have to buck up. They have to get over it. Why? would anyone need to know about ACEs as an educator? Well, it's our job to connect with every student, not just the ones that are easy to connect with. Um, I've always felt drawn to connecting with that kid that is difficult to connect with. And that can be for a wide variety of reasons, but we're neglecting an entire population of students if we only work with the ones that are easy. The thing is that a child that is experiencing trauma, it's out of their control. It's not their fault. 
We still want them to grow up to be happy, healthy, productive adults. They also spend a significant amount of their day with us. And that gives us a, a tremendous responsibility and opportunity to help shape them and their lives and their choices and their uh, reactions and responses to life and academics and other people in the world. So I'm a, I'm a high school principal, been a high school principal now going on. This is my, this is my finishing my sixth year as a high school principal. And every stop that I've made, we have talked about ACEs and, and educated our staff about ACEs. Now, what I've heard from time to time, and I think people often mean it, mean it with sincerity and, and, and we always assume that they're being positive and they're doing good things, but we're seeing we're at, the more we educate, we don't see change. Talk to me a little bit about um, our perception of we've tried this for three months. We've tried this for six months. We've tried this for a whole school year and I haven't seen change. So ACEs don't work. What would be your response to that, Jim? Right. Well, well, there's a few things here. Number one, ACEs are everywhere. So it's not something that's likely to go away. Uh, a kid that enters kindergarten with an ACEs score of three or four is likely to have that score double or more by the time they graduate from high school. So it's not something where they go away or that score diminishes. It tends to go up. Um, the response has to be long-term. This is not a, a quick, if A happened, this is going to be our response. If B happened, this is going to be our response. We're, we're talking about uh, a child who has developed a way of reacting and responding to the world based on 12 years, 14 years, 16 years, 18 years of experience. That is not a quick fix. Uh, Trauma-informed education and ACEs is not a fact. Um, the reason that this movement is building is because people are realizing that. And as educators, we're used to teaching lessons one, two, three, and then giving a quiz, and then teaching lessons four, five, six, and a quiz, and then probably a test after that. And for those that really don't get it, we go back and reteach, but they darn well better get it soon after that, or we move on. Life experiences, and again, the way that those kids learn how to respond and react to the world around them, the changes that we are looking for in that can't be a quick fix. If it's a quick fix, it's not going to be a long term impact, a long-term change on the part of that child. So one thing that we've, as long as you and I have worked together, we've kind of used this analogy. You don't fix people, you fix computers, you fix inanimate objects, you serve people, and you have patience and grace with people because yes. you don't fix. And so um, we have to be careful of our vocabulary as we're serving is that we don't want to fix someone. You don't fix people. Um, and so that's just, it's a very, it's, it's something that we as educators need to make sure that we're checking our vocabulary because our vocabulary reflects our thoughts and truly are probably what we believe about something, even though there's definitely some slips in there. Uh, but, but I've often heard it said, you know, this isn't working. It's not fixing the behavior. Right. And, and the thing is that kids sense that as well. And in a kid that is living in trauma, they're living in a, a life where they have no control of anything that happens. And they have no reason in the world to trust anyone. And I agree with you. It, it means that there needs to be patience. It needs, means to, we need to be consistent. We need to be predictable. Um, we need to show unconditional love. We need to show um, positive regard and non-judgmental support, no matter what mistake that kid has made. Uh, you said to me once, we work in an imperfect world. We are imperfect people. We work with imperfect students. And to think that that's going to change immediately is not realistic at all. It's very true. We, all we do is we serve in for imperfect people. And I've, 
I've often said I'm the most imperfect person that I know. Um, so that every day that we go on, we realize that more and more. And why would we expect any less from, from kids who have experienced some significant childhood trauma? Now, let me switch into this, Jim. Um, you and I both serve in high schools. We kind of, we, we've got our, we've got our work cut out for us. Why even bother if these kids are wired from, from the, from the get go. And you're even now telling me from the womb, why even, why even invest our time, energy, and effort into these students? If you're telling me that, that their experiences are, it's going to be a long haul if we're going to make any change or any progress. So talk to me a little bit about what, why even worry about this? What's the point? Right. And, and that's a common argument. And that argument um, hurts. It bothers me when I hear it. It really, really does. Um, they are fellow human beings and they deserve our love and they deserve uh, to earn our trust and they deserve our support regardless of their family history, regardless of their struggles. Um, everyone makes mistakes. And like you said before, it's important that we acknowledge we are not perfect at all. We make mistakes. And it's very important to be honest with our kids when we make those mistakes and to not hide them, to not uh, brush them aside, um, to be open and, and transparent about those things. Those are the experiences where children learn when they see us struggle and they see how we respond to that instead of react to that. That's exactly what we want them to do. Um, they're fellow human beings. We want them to be happy, healthy, and productive members of our society. Does that mean that it's easy? Absolutely not. It can be the most difficult thing in the world. It can be the most frustrating part of a day to work with a student who is exhibiting behavior issues because of, uh, of a situation and they reacted instead of responded. But it, it, it's our role to teach every single child, no matter what their difficulties are. One of our one of our slogans here at Cambridge Isaiah Schools, and it's actually on my lanyard here, is uh, is if you can see it. I'm not sure if you can see it the right way, but it says every student every day, every student every day. And I think that's exactly what you're saying, Jim. Is it doesn't say every kid who shows up ready to learn every day, right? It says every student every day. And I I also would would extend this to adults, Jim. Is is we, we work with parents who have gone through significant, significant trauma and they walk into our building with preconceived notions about what school is, what school and their perception did to them. So as educators, we have to be full of grace and patience when we're looking, working with not only our students, but our parents and one another as staff members. I know, Jim, we have the honor of having you come and speak to our staff here at Cambridge Isania High School and actually the district. And after that, I had multiple staff come to my office um, and, and they kind of, it was kind of an aha, like, I understand now. I understand why I've had diff difficult time connecting or having trusting relationships. I had never heard of ACEs before, but now it makes some sense. And, and it kind of gives you a new purpose. But Jim, I also want to ask you about, I, I, when I was, when we were serving together at Stewartville, I was walking by your classroom one time and I heard you say this fancy word that I would have, that I don't think most high schoolers had ever heard. It was called neuroplasticity. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about neuroplasticity and what that has to do with ACEs. Okay, so neuroplasticity means our brain's ability to learn something new. And that's not just academics. We all understand if you're learning how to multiply fractions in the fifth or sixth grade, uh, your teacher shows you how to do it, they explain it, they work through a few problems with you, they give you some examples to work on on your own, they check to see if you've got it right, they reinforce that action, and your brain over time takes that on and it becomes easier and easier. But neuroplasticity does not just apply to academics. It also applies 
to emotions and again, our way of responding to the world. It applies to the way that we react to other people. It uh, applies to uh, being grateful. The, the practice of gratitude, someone says, well, I'm not very thankful for anything. Well, how much have you practiced being thankful for some of the smaller things in your life? The more you practice gratitude, the better you become at practicing gratitude and the more grateful person you are. If you're not very forgiving, the only way to become a more forgiving person is to practice forgiveness. That is an extremely difficult emotion to practice because you may not want to forgive someone for something that happened because it's, again, it's out of your control. But the more that you practice forgiveness, the better you become at it. The more you practice acceptance of the things that you can't control, the better you'll get at becoming uh, that ability to practice acceptance and move on and focus your attention on the things that you can control. Neuroplasticity just means that brain's ability to become better at relating with the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, and, and it's not necessarily, and we'll touch on this a little bit. It's not a, uh, it's not a sentence. It's a, it's a current reality. And we've talked about that before. And I want to ask this question in regards to, the, to, to what I just said. So the data would say, if, if, you, if you go by the original ACEs survey or the ACEs questionnaire, it would say if you score between a 7 and 10 on the ACE survey, and that's maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's changed, you'd have better information on that research. But if you score between a 7 and a 10, you are more at risk for heart disease. You're more at risk for stroke, for cancer, for diabetes, for Alzheimer's, and, and, and for suicide. Now, Having known that, and I had, I had adults walking into my office who are, who are 50, 40, between 40 and 55 years old saying, I have this score, but I'd never heard this before. And now we're looking at young people. If I had a young person sitting in my office and I was educating them about ACEs and they saw, and they did the questionnaire and they saw that they were an eight. And then I say, and this is what that means. Why, what, sh what should give that person hope? Because ultimately, according to research, it might be a death sentence. Yep. yep. Why have hope? It can, it can look very much doom and gloom. So there's two sides to this. There is the adverse childhood experience side. There's the side of those negative experiences that can happen in anyone's life. Again, ACEs are everywhere. Um, I'm an eight. My score is eight. But I also had resilience building factors in my life that I went and sought out for a lot of my childhood, those experiences were not there. Um, by the end of middle school and certainly into high school, I placed myself around those people that could help me build resilience, that could help me practice gratitude and compassion, acceptance, meaning, forgiveness. Um, in my case, they were teachers and coaches that I could look up to as father figures and learn how to relate not only with other human beings, but with family as well, and set that, that bar really high. And, and show me how to live life. That, that ACEs score of eight um, is a very normal score. So first of all, that kid that says, oh my gosh, I have an eight, that's terrible, or I have a 10, that's terrible. All scores are normal. A zero is normal and a 10 is normal. There, there is no abnormal score to this at all. Um, the most common ACE would be divorce in the family. Uh, but again, this isn't quantified. So a divorce in the family scores a one and uh, a young lady who has been sexually assaulted by a family member, that would be a one as well. There's no quantifying that, which is one of the drawbacks to that original score. I would say use that score to identify some of the realities in your life, some of the things that you have to accept. That is not changing. Those things have already happened. 
um, look at some of the other factors that you have that might be negative experiences in your, your life, but also look at all of the positives. Um, those positives, even one or two, can far outweigh a score of eight. The one thing that's needed, the presence of just one stable, caring adult can offset all of those negative effects of ACEs. That's an extremely important part. So when I read these studies, when you've read these studies, when you, you watch movies about this, it sometimes looks very doom and gloom, but you have to understand that it just takes the presence of one stable, caring, compassionate adult to turn that around. And again, it's not instant. Things might seem doom and gloom right now, but there is always hope for better, always. So I've heard you and I know other REACH programs across the state of Minnesota who partner with you and with other REACH organizations um, have said have said and actually put it on t-shirts that say, that say, that say you can save a life. Um, because when you look at a seven and 10 score and what you're telling me and what research tells us is that what offsets that and what prevents that from becoming the future reality is one, one uh, caring adult who shows unconditional love at all times. Yes. And so every day we get to come into this school and I've used those words, get to come into this school or get to serve students. We can save lives just by being that one consistent caring adult to a student who might be, who might not face value appear to be unloving or unlovable or un, uh, not care about you in return. This isn't like we're working with, uh, with someone who's going to give you that affection in return. These are people who have, who have been trained through their ACE experiences to probably not trust, to not open up. Right. And so it's going to take energy, it's going to take time, and it's going to take consistency to develop that relationship. But ultimately, you're doing so because you can save a life. Yep. So we, we're not just serving students today. That's a thing. Uh, we are serving these students 10 years down the road. The, the relationships that we develop now, the way of thinking that we develop now, the example that we set for responding and reacting to the world and how we interact with it now is going to impact them the rest of their lives. Um, I truly believe that. So it's not just that, that kid that we have in class right now that's 15. In 10 years, it's likely that they're going to be a parent and they are going to pass what they have learned down to their children as well. This is very, very much generational. In addition to those um, mental health and emotional stability concerns, um, the ACEs questionnaire also addresses the physical side to it. And you touched on that very, very briefly. As a society, I think we understand that trauma in someone's life can impact their mental health. It can impact their emotional well-being. But that original ACEs study also addressed the impact physically later in life. So that, that, stu that student who's got a score of seven or eight or 10, uh, where he could take 20 years off their life, um, that, that is a reality, again, without an intervention, without someone stepping in. So there's not only that, that mental health piece that gets passed down, there's also the physical health piece. And that one, as educators, is a little bit more difficult for us to understand, to grasp and to buy into, but study after study after study have shown that despite adverse childhood experiences, when at least one stable, caring adult offers that non-judgmental support, that unconditional love, it offsets those, both with the emotional well-being side and the physical well-being side. 
So what I'm hearing you say, and I want to make sure that we, we summarize this clearly as we come to a close today, is as an educator, as a community member, as someone who cares about people, as cares about kids, why would I want to know about ACEs? What I heard you say is because it, it, it probably gives us a, a, a little bit more compassion for that student. It allows us to love kids who, who may at face value be unlovable, but we need to do so because what offsets all ACE scores is one, not a staff, not, not an entire staff, not an entire community, one person investing in that student with consistency, with unconditional love, with unconditional forgiveness, and that one person can make a huge impact on the individual. So that would be our, that would be kind of our, our, our challenge to all of our listeners today is be that one person, offset student aces. Even if you don't know what's going on, be that person. Jim, any final words today for our audience? Um, I, I'd agree with that 100%. It's unlikely that that student who you change their life trajectory is going to walk up to you and say, thank you today for changing my life trajectory. They may never say that. You might get lucky and later on they might eventually get a hold of you and let you know that you changed their life trajectory. But there is always that chance. You may be that one and never know it. But that's not a reason to not try. That's right. That's right. So again, you've been listening to the Human Lighthouse Experience with, uh, with Jim Perry and myself, Steve Gibbs. And the ACEs is something we're both very, very passionate about. And we want to just give a very surface level, even though we went a little bit in depth in some of the neuroplasticity and, and some of the research in regards to ACEs. But we want you to know this is a critical thing that our educators and our, community and our partners um, throughout this podcast have knowledge of. And we're going to be diving in, in depth a lot more and also bringing in guests who have, who have experiences working with students and with others, specifically in regards to ACEs. So thank you so much for listening to the Human Lighthouse Experience. Have a great day. Bye.